Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Live podcast. It is Friday, the 20th of July, 2018. Happy, happy Friday, everyone. TGIF, I hope you all had a fantastic, productive weekend. Really, I trust you have some amazing plans for this weekend. The Business Leadership Live is a live radio call-in show where I speak to amazing business leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovation, current events, or best practices that that can help you either personally or professionally grow. Today's episode is powered by Slingshot VoIP, leaders in telecommunications, helping you understand where your business calls are coming from. Uh, First off, thank you again for joining me. I am your host, Edwin Frondozo. Super excited for today's show. I have two amazing co-hosts by the names of Adam Bullied and Rohan Nair. Rohan is the Senior Tech Director at Highline Beta, and Adam is the Director of Product Strategy and Innovation at RBC. Today, we'll be discussing how to build the ultimate next generation product teams. And if you are joining us live, we'd love to hear from you, whether whether you're looking at products or leading product teams, or, or just, just love to geek out with a bunch of geeks on, on the phone, <laughs> just, just press join the call, write a message in the screen. But let's just get in there. Gentlemen, thank you. How are you guys all doing today? I'm great. Okay. Yeah, doing great. How was the How was the week? Always busy, but uh, <laughs> never unexciting. <laughs> Is that a good or bad thing? <laughs> it's always a good thing, man. The week has been fantastic. Uh, you know, just uh, I spent a bunch of time kicking it with Rohan this week, actually talking about a lot of the same things that we're going to cover today. But uh, it's always fun to uh, to get a chance to speak with you all. Cool, cool. So you know what? Let's just jump right into it. Um, if uh, what I guess either you two, what are some of the best product teams you've worked on? Okay, so right now my product team is pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you must say that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean for me, it's always been like the teams that I've enjoyed the most have been the teams that have been very cross-functional mm-hmm. and. Uh, very much non-regimented and I think like that's always a theme with me I don't really love I don't really love regimented things I don't really love hardcore processes for me I'm much more free-flowing and like want to kind of attack problems in an iterative way and so having a very flexible and like diverse and fun team has always been where I like operating how about yourself Adam like uh what type of teams are the best type teams you've worked with I, you know, I fall in the same camp as Rohan, I think, on that one. Like, I, it, obviously, having process for process sake is, is usually really bad. Um, I think it's really the ones that are the most successful tend to be the ones that get uh, the environment gets set up in a way that's conducive to everyone understanding, you know, what their role is, um, why they're doing the work that they're doing, uh, you know, so everyone's not managing away writing user stories in Jira or you're just writing code for no reason if you're a developer. Um, I think it's the ones that that give that context and give that connection uh, as well as fostering, you know, the best relationships possible across the entire team are, are usually the ones that are the most successful. So, I mean, for context and, and in terms of development and context for the listeners, I mean, we're talking typically for the two of you and correct me if I'm wrong, it's mostly on the software development side. And we're working with different cross-functional different business units as well. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so I'm going to speak for both of us because apparently Adam's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think both Adam and I have software SaaS backgrounds, worked at SaaS companies our entire lives. So for us, it's always like software products and product management around that. But also at the same point in time, it is <clears throat> really bringing everybody together within an organization, across organizations, with partners, vendors, et cetera, et cetera. And so like a lot of diversity in that sense as well. Cool. So Adam... How are you thinking about building teams today now? Like, 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 what are your thoughts on this? Because obviously we're trying to, trying to get new ideas of how to build the most excellent product teams now. So, so what are you thinking about today? I say, you know, I come back to um, a lot of kind of the, the fundamentals of how a great team gets built. I think today there's, there's a lot of fracturing going on, especially on the product side um, in terms of in terms of roles. I mean, you know, you have scrum masters, you have product managers, you have product owners. There's a lot of people doing similar work and it, and it ends up tending to get in the way of, of, oh, I need this type of person or I need that type of person before I can actually start to execute on anything, um, which is a little bit problematic. Although I think that the structure of a team is, is kind of business dependent, right? Like, you can read the you can read the Spotify model uh, and how they build teams and just try to go ahead and implement that. And that's probably going to be a mistake if you're a company of five people. Um, so it really just comes down to figuring out what's going to work best for you uh, and in your organization. But that doesn't that doesn't remove the need uh, to have the right elements in place. Like what I was talking about earlier, right? Like how do you make sure that everyone's connected to a vision, uh, that everyone's connected to a strategy, that you have the trust amongst team um, and everyone's in a situation where they feel comfortable uh, and confident to be able to share and voice their concerns, their criticisms, their opinions, because that's really what's going to up level all of the work at the end of the day, not getting everyone isolated and it becomes product versus dev or UX versus product or whatever. Um, it's really just going to come down to how does everyone work uh, effectively together and, and not be scared of, of voicing those things. So, I mean, that that's really interesting and it's really finding that balance in between them. So how, like who or, or how do you find that balance? And maybe more specifically, Rohan, I'll ask you this, is like who, who's leading the product team? <laughs> uh, in my mind, always got to be the engineering lead. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the best way to say, like, it has to be the person who understands the macro and the strategic aspects of the project. And like that might be the engineering lead on certain projects, especially if they're uh, super deep software projects or data platforms or all that. Um, but other times when it's user facing stuff, it definitely has to be the, the product management, uh, the product management roles who are leading that because ultimately I look to my product management brethren to actually go and bring feedback from customers, bring feedback from users understand what the strategic implications are within the company for this product uh, in the greater market, et cetera. So I think at the end of the day, yeah, it has to be somebody who understands the strategic outlook of the, the project and the product itself. Do you think that person though has to be technical or at least have some type of technical experience? Uh, in my mind, obviously I'm always going to be biased towards somebody with technical experience because mm -hmm. I can, for me, I work better in, in teams like that, but that doesn't mean that that person is sitting there cranking out code or has cranked out code in their life, right? Like working with Adam is, is an easy thing for me because Adam understands how software works end to end. He's been in the game for such a long time. 
we can have a shorthand to move really quickly through different things. Sometimes I, I work with people who are way less technical, but they understand the strategic outlook and it still works really, really well. And it's not like, it's not like they have to go sit there and write code, but I think there's, there's a degree of respect that needs to be given to the complexities and the difficulty of engineering. And the places that I worked at where, uh, the places I worked at that have been like the worst product teams have had people trying to lead product by telling other people what to do without any empathy, without any respect, without any context mm -hmm. to really anything that goes into building software. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, in terms in terms of the in the team and in, in the team ratios, I mean, it's just very specific for me. I come from the technical background. I mean, I went, I, I did computer engineering, and I I lead product teams now. I mean, I'm not, I don't have huge huge product projects though compared to the two of you. But when you look at your team, like, do you guys have, or maybe Adam, I ask you specifically first, do you have some type of ratio that you like to see within your product teams, whether it's dev to business analyst or dev to, you know, business stakeholder. Like, do you, do you have a specific rule of thumb? I think like in terms of team size, it's always kind of like the, the pizza rule. Right. But I think it like overall, but then I think for PMs to dev, it depends on the strength and capability of the PM. And also uh, it depends on the structure of the PM organization in general. I think there there's some product managers that can successfully support 10, 12, 15 developers, maybe even up to 20, uh, basically split into different pods or groups at a time. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're talking about a product owner that's been doing it for one or two years, uh, you're going to want to just have them directly embedded into one group of maybe three to five developers and maybe one to two UX uh, as well as a QA or something like along those lines are typically, you know, a little bit more standard uh, just until they get their legs so that they don't, what will end up happening, right. Is what Rohan mentioned where if they feel like they can't, they can't actually shape the path of the project or the product or whatever that they're working on at the time, they're going to result, you're going to sort of fall back to, trying to command and tell people what to do just simply because they're the quote unquote product manager. Um, and they may or may not have business understanding and, 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 you know, credibility and, and respect to be able to do that. So it just, it just depends on how seasoned of a product manager uh, they are, or and even an engineering manager, right? I mean, you can have like what Rohan was saying, where you could have a tech lead who was understood the strategic implications of of why the product exists and so on and so forth and you could still fall back under the same rule still fall you, back yeah no for sure for sure do you um do you see you know a new product manager come into space like is there specific type of projects that maybe either of you have seen where you really set up these young product managers for success how like sorry? How do you set them up for success? Yeah, like how do you set them up? Is it the the size of the project? How technical? Yeah. How how mission critical? I guess project you put them on or? Yeah, I mean the, the reality is everyone you know in product at least from that side of things, um, you know typically product managers will or, or product leaders will sort of um, you know feed a line of product management. You know it's so hard to measure whether or not they're being successful. I think that's not necessarily true at all. Uh, but, but, you know, in terms of setting younger product managers up for success early on, for me, it always comes down to execution and relationships. Like how effectively are they able to ship product? 
um, and and how how well respected are they uh, amongst their peers and and colleagues, and and how effective are they at actually leveraging those relationships and and dealing with conflict and dealing with debate to try to get the best product into the hands of customers in the first place. That that type of stuff takes time to develop, and I have sucked terribly at it for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it's really, really hard to do. And I still, it's still a practice for me. So it, it's really, um, it really comes down to those, to those elements that are foundational. That's awesome. If you're just tuning in, we're discussing how to build the ultimate next generation product teams. So um, whether you're managing teams or have, have a story to share with us, love for you to ask a question, join the conversation. Um, just, just, just hit the button at the top um, and, uh, and we join the party is what I'd like to say. Um, Rohan, what um you know when you when we're talking about next generation teams is there anything specific that that you think will evolve in the next 3 to 5 years to me yeah so like the next generation moniker so to speak to me implies emerging technologies right it, it implies building products that are blockchain ai ar vr and I've been thinking about this heavily, uh, even at work. It's like f- for us to go from a regular like SaaS, regular software team to something like a team that's actually producing AI projects or a team that's actually producing uh, blockchain projects. I think the one change that's going to happen over time is that we're going to start having to bring in specialists, people with like a really, really specific and a really, really uh, deep understanding of specific uh, of uh, some of these emerging technology pieces. So for me, it's like, if we're going to be starting an NLP project, we can't just have a bunch of random software developers. We need to have people who are really, really good and understand the data science portions and having them work with software developers, having them work with data platform engineers. That's where I think the product team is going to evolve. And I, I don't think the macro of the team changes, but it's just going from a, a team that's like very, very, uh, cross-functional to having a couple specialists on that. I think that's where our evolution is going to be. And it's really interesting for me to understand how other people are doing it. And I'm not really sure that anybody's really doing it all that well. Um, I know I know Farhan and Helpful was uh, is, is super into pair programming. He's got his data scientists and his developers sitting together on, on pairing. And I think like that's the direction that we're going to head off in. Mm-hmm. So, and you brought up a couple of things in terms of the the products and technologies that's being developed today, which is AI and machine learning. How do you see, and, and this is really <laughs> more for my interest and the things that type of discussions I'm, I'm getting into is how do you see within the product teams, AI, machine learning, big data implemented in ter- in, into your teams? I guess, Adam, for you, like if, if I could say, oh, I have this AI bot that you say, I need you to program this. And then the specialist that Ray- Rohan is talking about maybe is actually just a bot and not a person. Like, what, what do you guys think about that? You know, I, I think, I think it's in terms of product management, the most useful um, deployment of a tool like that would be around data gathering and analysis, potentially uh, mm-hmm. being able to understand from all of the inbound sources directly from the field, whether it's customer support or sales or marketing, or whatever, um, or customers directly being able to actually quickly uh, develop a way of prioritizing and understanding all of that feedback in order to be able to aid in the decision-making process. I think there's definitely a lot of potential there, but the trick with product is always 
you have to be data informed and less data driven because the reality is, is that data will tell you an answer, but it's not usually the best, uh, the best path to take. It's only ever going to tell you what the facts are. And so you kind of have to leverage that in order to be able to make the decision plus the intuition that you have around market understanding, competition, strategy, uh, where the business is going as a whole and, and so on and so forth. But I think ultimately it's going to, you probably see a little bit of that today going on with some companies that are building tools to aid in the collection and uh, discovery and analysis of feedback itself. Um, mm. and, and that's just going to continue to progress in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's super interesting and, and I'd love to, I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on that Rohan. And cause as you always, you know, from your career, you've built many products and, and getting into a lot of AI and stuff. So I'd love to get your thoughts in terms of even imagining yourself in the next three to five years, how will AI affect you, your teams or your product teams? Uh, about a year ago, I, I realized like I'm not technical enough to mm -hmm. be an engineer on an AI team. Uh, and for me, like it, it was a weird one because like I'm, I'm super self-taught. I should be able to go iterate into that in theory. In practice, I, I just didn't find the love of going super, super deep into the data science portions of it. Um, and so like at that point in time, I started thinking a lot more about like what my career trajectory uh, should be. And at that point in time, I was like, I just need to move out of engineering roles into product roles so I can start leading product teams that are doing AI stuff. Uh, and, I, and I think that's like the biggest implication that I'm seeing also in the market where a lot of a lot of seasoned and a lot of very accomplished uh, startup engineering leaders or technology uh, technology leads are starting to, to see that their skill sets aren't enough to keep up with a lot of the emerging tech. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple, yeah, I have random beers with people who are like, holy shit, like, well, what, what are you guys doing about AI? What are you guys doing about blockchain? And I mean, I, th I think the honest answer for me is like, I'm making it up as I go along, but at the same point in time, I'm trying to pick the brain of every single person I know who's actually working in these spaces. But if I start doing that at like a deep code level, I'm going to drown. Mm -hmm. so I think, uh, I, I think one of the trends we're going to now start seeing is like people like me who have had a lot of, uh, engineering background, but not deep into the data science portions are going to move into more technical product roles and start leading product teams in that way to also set the tone and uh, not set the tone, sorry, to, to set the stage for the specialists I was talking about to come move naturally into a product team. Um, and I think for me, that means that I'll be managing people who are data scientists. I'll be managing people who are deep into data platforms. Um, and it's something that is outside of my wheelhouse, but it's probably the same way that it'll be outside of a, a, a current product manager's wheelhouse if they don't have a technical background uh, to talk about architecture, to talk about security, et cetera. Like it's, it's not that these people don't understand it. It's actually quite the opposite. It's just that they understand it at a macro sense to make a strategic direction, a strategic decision, but don't need to ever worry and get in the weeds about the tactical uh, aspects of it. No, I mean, I get that. And, and, and the data and the technology is changing every day. And I'm like managing product teams. I mean, that's your, I guess, your challenge every day for both of you is bringing those specialists. And, and, and let me ask you this, Adam, for these new specialists of these technologies, how challenging is it for you to find that quote unquote specialist when this technology has only been around for half a year? It's interesting. Like I, it's it is challenging. Although at the same time, like when I look at look at it sort of at the macro in terms of product management evolution, like I'm of the mind that 
the, the technical or the build, the tactical piece of the build is kind of a solved game. Uh, and I think so long as product managers understand that their primary responsibility is to deliver customer value and then be responsible about it, not running around telling engineers how to do those things. And I think we have a better understanding of that now than we did, uh, you know, you know, five, 10 years ago, but, but it's still a problem for younger product managers to try to, to try to get over. But I think, you know, if I was working with someone like Rohan, I wouldn't necessarily need to, I don't need to tell him uh, there's a shorthand, right? Like what he alluded to. So I think as soon as you get into more seasoned experienced people, um, mm. it becomes a little bit easier. And then the fruition of the, 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 you know, where the product management role is going, uh, which in my opinion is heavily more heavily geared towards marketing responsibility and growth. I think um, those, that's where you're going to see a lot of PMs start to deliver more and more value. Tech is obviously still important, but as product teams grow and, and the responsibilities, um, you know, proliferate amongst scrum masters or product owners, and you figure out the best mix of people to have their PMs don't need to be involved in the day to day, uh, you know, story writing, sprint planning, those types of things. It can become more truly about how do we actually push the business further? How do we grow revenue? How do we acquire users? How are, what is our brand strategy? How does this link back to the actual development cycles of the product? That's great. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. And, and I'm loving the discussion. And if you are tuning in, we're, dis we're discussing how to build the ultimate next generation product teams and how to grow it. And, and slowly winding down, I guess I wanted to ask both of you um, real quickly, um, what would you define, how would you define success, a successful product team today? I'll start with Rohan. I'm going to steal Adam's answer because I know what his answer is going to be. Um, this is when it's live. We got <laughs> the, dog, the dog is now answering. <laughs> is that you, Rohan? <laughs> My neighbor, uh, I, I, I think this is what Adam and I talk about all the time. I think the only way to really uh, d define success in a product is if people actually start using it. Uh, and I mean, we, we can go around in circles and we can go spend many, many cycles building the random stuff, but if nobody's using that random stuff, it's not really worth anything, right? It's just, just kind of like you, you just had some time to play around and do a little bit of, uh, a, a little bit of development theater. Um, I think yeah. the easiest way is to understand if the product is going to be successful is by like starting with the traction and then going and building a product according to what people need and what people want. And, and that's coming and that insight is coming from, from new development and startup type products, right? I mean, Adam being within a, in a large enterprise financial services, that could be a different, different thing, right, Adam? I don't know, actually. I mean, there's, I think it, I think it exacerbates the problem when you have people that, you know, are, not used to going through the rapid iteration and prototyping like cycles that startups would claim to go through. Although mm -hmm. I still think today, because there is such a, there's such an over indexing on how cool it is to be an entrepreneur or a founder. Mm -hmm. um, you get a lot of people who shouldn't be doing that, right? Like uh, uh, who, who just aren't, aren't mentally geared towards that, that type of a, of an activity or that type of a highly stressful situation to be in. And what ends up happening is that it just becomes, well, I'm just going to follow the lean check the check and you know develop MVP or whatever, and it just becomes a lot of like Rohan said, right? It's a lot of theater. I think the only way to really gauge 
uh, whether or not a product is successful is just like Rohan said, right? Do you have, can you get attention? Is it great enough that people that get the attention uh, that are getting, that you're getting your attention are actually using it? Are they getting value from it? Uh, and then in terms of team, like that at the macro level and, and the team itself, uh, each individual on the team is responsible for their own role in that, right? And, and delivering the outcomes that create that entirety of its parts and, and, and delivering that value to customers. That's really what it's, what it's about and how it should be measured. No, that's perfect. Really appreciate that. I'd love to get final tips for the listeners out there who are either leading product teams or, or really looking to, to, to get into that. Uh, what tip would you give that person listening today? I'll start with you, Adam. Uh, understand your EQ, understand your soft skills. Um, you know, you can read all the books on how to implement Scrum and, and how to build software and what product management is. There's tons and tons of books on that. Uh, literally go out and find the books that are about emotional intelligence, dealing with people, building strong relationships, how all that plays in and understand yourself. So developing a strong sense of self-awareness. If you go into a situation like that with a product team, you're just going to be light years ahead of anyone who's coming in and being like, I know everything about Scrum. Like ultimately <laughs> no one cares because everyone knows everything about Scrum at this point. And so the reality is, is that you have to figure out how best, how you're best suited, where your strengths and weaknesses lie as an individual uh, and how you can best develop those relationships with everyone around you. How about yourself? Any tips, uh, Rohan? For, for uh, take the product books. owner today, or product manager, or product lead. Yeah, take those books on Scrum and throw them away. <laughs> oh, that's a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think people. I think a lot of people focus on process. I think process is like the least important part. Um, not to say that process isn't a good thing. I think like focusing on process within a product team is not the important part. And to steal something that Adam said before, it's like focus on the growth, right? Like the, the product manager, the product lead has to be focusing on the growth and the success of that product. And I think when everybody is aligned towards growth, the product does really well, but it has to have a leader. So if you're, if, if, if you're coming up through the ranks right now and you're, uh, you've done a lot of work talking to customers, you've done a lot of work dealing with uh, people, you're, you're really good and empathetic, then all that stuff is awesome. It's set in the foundation, but your only job at the end of the day is focusing on the growth of the product and aligning the entire team on that. Oh, that's great, man. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining and co-hosting this uh, because you two are obviously the product manager experts in the, in this call. So I'd love, love to have invite you both uh, in the near future as, as we talk and maybe even dig deeper into product teams or specific type of things like if like like scrum or why it's good or not good or, or really to get rid of those processes so that's an open invite to both of you or for us to even make this party even larger awesome thanks man that was fun awesome so today's episode of the business leadership live is powered by slingshot voip leaders in telecommunications helping you understand where the business calls are coming from so be sure to join us every monday wednesday and friday and if you haven't done so yet be sure to check out my podcast, The Business Leadership Podcast, where I sit down with business leaders to discuss their personal journey and experience in business leadership. New episode is dropping on Tuesday. You could you could just listen to it anywhere, really. iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening to your podcast today. But that's a wrap. Again, happy Friday, everyone. 
enjoy the weekend that's coming up um, because the summer days are are getting. Sl- I, I think it's getting darker sooner. Oh, don't say that. That's that's. I've been, I've, I've been <laughs> noticing it. I, I noticed it yesterday, and I had a long sleeve shirt at the patio last night. So. Uh, and we are sitting in Toronto, so it might explain too many things. But again, have a fantastic weekend, everyone. Edwin signing off. Later, guys. Later.